Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the 1 o'clock hour on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. For all of you that want some updates on the Charlotte Hornets, we just put our Jake Fisher interview on the website, WFNZ.com. You can go check that out anytime you want to under the Wesson Walker tab. But we told you yesterday, after we got the joke from Salty Pirate on the text line, when Wes, I forget what take this uh, spawned this segment, though. Do you remember what it was, Wes? What you said? I think I said I'd take Jokic over Bill Russell. That's yep. that's exactly what it was. That's right. Which is a strong and I toke. I still would. But it's a strong toke. Okay. Yep. Wes is smoking that ganj right wow. now. And Salty Pirate called him out on it. And that's when we decided, you know what? We're going to make it into a segment. <laughs> <laughs> strong take or strong toke? Here's the debut coming up right now. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Do you What did you say? Boy, you must be outside your mind. What you talking about, huh? Time now for Strong Take or Strong Toke. The first one includes the Carolina Panthers' first overall selection. Wes, we're going to lead with you because I know he's your boy. Bryce Young will set a rookie record for passing yards in a season, beating Andrew Luck's 4,374-yard record he set in 2012. Strong Take? Or strong toke? I will say that is a strong toke because I don't think the That's Panthers can throw the ball enough. The I think he's going to have an excellent uh, rookie season, no doubt about it. And I think he'll get close to that. But I don't know that the Panthers will run the ball enough because I tried to look at Cam Newton in 2011. He went just over 4,000 yards as well. But I'm not sure that the Panthers will throw the ball enough Frank Reich in that system for him to get to that. To get to 4,400 yards essentially is what he would have to get to yeah. beat Andrew Luck's record. Mm. 4,375 so, and then to beat Cam, Cam had 4,051. So you don't think he's beating Cam either? Okay, let's go to you, Fiddy. What do you have? Strong take, strong toke that Bryce can set the single season passing record for a rookie. You know, with the 17 game model, I think it's a lot more realistic to point. see this happen. I'm still going to say it's strong toe. Stay off the weed. <laughs> Mainly because if he's got to throw that much, I, that feels like to me Carolina's playing from behind too often. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they want to run the football first. I think he I think he threatens. I think he gets, you know, 4-1, maybe 4-2. But I don't, I don't think he passes it. Yeah, Andrew Luck threw it 627 times that year. Finny, go ahead and get your finger over the Stephen A. Smith sounder. Because I'm going with you guys. It's a strong toke. Stay off the weed. <laughs> We're all high. It's, yeah, we, it, is, it is a hot box in here. The Planet Kia Studios, I'm telling you right now, it is hazy and it ain't from the wildfires. <laughs> if you look at what's happening here with Bryce Young going into this season, you don't have a number one wide receiver. This is still a good run blocking offensive line. Still good pass blocking, but run blocking, especially with Bryce 
Bradley Bozeman being the center here, you do find themselves having that identity. I don't know if there's going to be many passing attempts for Bryce Young to be able to set this kind of record. Remember when Andrew Luck did it in 2012, he did have Reggie Wayne. When Justin Herbert did it in 2020, when he threw for over 4,300, you had Keenan Allen, you had Mike Williams. He did it in 15 games, but he was someone that was also throwing downfield and he has one of the best receiving running backs of all time, I think it's fair to say he's put those numbers up, in an Austin Eckler. So yeah, Justin Herbert, Andrew Luck, I think they had the better weapons. I don't think that Bryce Young will be able to do it. Let's go to the next one. The number two overall pick for the Charlotte Hornets. He'll average 20 points per game this season. Biddy, we'll start with you. Stephen A. or strong take? Ooh, man. I was not prepared to answer this first. I <laughs> gotcha. I know Steve Clifford talks about the, you know, the NBA. Anyone can go out there and score 20 a night, but to go out there and average 20 a night's a different thing. So I'm going to say a strong Stay take. off the weed. If if Scoot Henderson was a better shooter, like and we, we he he had Brandon Miller number Brandon Miller numbers, I would maybe say because I think that's going to be the pick. Mm-hmm. But with his inability to shoot the ball effectively from the perimeter. I don't think he gets quite to 20 as a rook. What do you think, Wes? Do you think it's possible for the number two overall pick, or is that just somebody smoking a little too much? That's a strong tongue, my <laughs> Stay off the weed. Beautiful. I think simply because the Hornets roster is so loaded, if they keep it as constructed, it's going to be hard for a rookie to come in and get 20. you got Terry that's got to get shots. Who knows, if they bring back Ubi, Kelly Oubre, then that's going to be another guy's taking shots. LaMelo's going to get his. You bring back Miles Bridges. So, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for them to get the shot attempts and that green light to be able to get 20 a night. They'll have nights where they do get 20-plus, but not enough to average that. So, according to StatMuse, it's happened a lot more than I actually realized. I mean, there's been a lot of rookies to come in and score over 20 points per game. I guess a lot is objective, but I mean, even guys within the 2000s, Elton Brand did it in 99, 2000, Tyreek Evans. Remember, he is somebody that fell off the face of the earth after winning rookie of the year. So it's not even that this is a sign of things to come. At the same time, Stephen A., if you don't mind making another appearance on our show. Stay off the weed. It's going to be too hard. And if I stay true to the evaluation that I think Brandon Miller is not going to be able to separate, certainly not year one. If you think he's going to be that guy, I think it takes a couple of years. But Brandon Miller is going to be more of a spot-up player, I think, in his initial role, coming off of the bench. So now you're talking about minutes being divvied up for a Scoot or a Brandon Miller. It's going to be way too difficult. I do not expect either one of these players to come in and average 20 points per game. I'll go first on this one. The next question we have, Brian Burns will set the Panthers' single-season franchise sack record under Ajero Averro. For reference, the sack record set by Kevin Green and Greg Hardy, only 15. Not a, not a, a strong toke. Strong take, Fitty. I mean, I like it. Oh, Willie approves. Willie, thank you very much. Because it's a strong take. And I think this is certainly doable for Brian Burns. 15's not a crazy amount anyway. It's actually a little bit low, I think, for a franchise type of record. Because okay. we can see other, I mean, no, 15's a lot. I don't want to get it too crazy. But for a franchise record, even in the young existence of the Panthers organization, 
you've seen guys be able to get to 16, 17, especially now with 17 games as we start to account for some of that. Uh, Brian Burns finally got to double digits. I think this is very much attainable for him, especially if you're just going to free him up. You're not going to put him in coverage as much as Phil Snow might have when he was the defensive coordinator. Very much so attainable. This is a strong take in my opinion. All right, so I'm going to go... I think this is a strong toke. Oh, no. Stay off the weed. I think, I think he can get close to it, but the fact that he did play 16 games last season and got to 12 and a half, then the fact you bring in that he's the number one focal point of not any far. team's blocking scheme. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not far, but I think coming into this season, he's going to be the focal point of any team's blocking scheme, and I just don't see the dominance yet over an offensive tackle. I've said many, many times, for him to get it, that's what I'd like to see. I think he could do this, but in order to consistently beat double teams and what he will see from teams each and every week, what they're going to cook up for him, he's going to have to get to a point where he's like the Bosa's, the Garrett's, where he just manhandles one guy that he can split double teams because he's so dominant, isolating blockers in a double team to beat one guy to get past the other. I don't know if he's there yet, so we'll see if he's added that to his bag this offseason. What you got, Fiddy? You know, Walker, you made a really compelling argument because 15 for a franchise record, I mean, that's less than a sack a game when you play a 16-game schedule. But he doesn't have anybody opposite of it. If they would have, you know, if if, if Hassan Reddick was still here, if they would have signed Leonard Floyd, someone of that nature, I would say it's a lot more plausible that he gets that record. But with no proven pass rusher rusher opposite him, I'd say strong. Stay off the weed. I can't, Stephen A. It's too good. No, okay. <laughs> 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 like it's you even giving uh, comments on the product that we have in the studios. All right, next one. Michael Jordan will sell the team before October. Wes, you've gone with Stephen A. the entire time. <laughs> I did want to make him bold, at uh-huh. least. But sure. maybe I made him too bold for you. You tell me with this one if Michael Jordan will actually sell his majority stake before we get to the start of the NBA season. I think this is a strong take, for sure. I think uh, we've I mean, been hearing about this as something that could happen. Uh, And I think that the inevitable is getting closer and closer. I think maybe if they would have gotten Wendy, maybe he would have decided to stay in for just a little bit. But I think that this will be something that's coming soon. What you think, Fiddy? Yeah, come back, Willie. I mean, I like it. Um... MJ has no interest wanting to own an NBA team. He's as disconnected an owner as as maybe there is in the entire NBA. And I think he really enjoys the NASCAR stuff as well. So I think he's looking for a reason to get out. The number two overall pick makes things interesting because it's not Wimby. If it was Wimby, I would say he's going to keep it. But it's still a valuable pick. Just how valuable is it for you to actually change your plans on what you planned with doing this org- with this organization anyway? Mm-hmm. Willie, come back, man. I miss you. I mean, I like it. I think it's a strong take. (laughs) I think you're right. Michael Jordan, if there are rumblings about him getting out of Dodge, what, March is when we got that? We know that it's been rumblings behind closed doors for quite some time. We had Brian Windhorst on, and he wouldn't comment because he didn't want to be aggregated. I thought it was in January. Might have been in January. Man, is it it that long ago? uh, All right, we'll look it up. Yeah. Um, Also, it's only June, the very beginning of June. We still have a few months to go before this Mm. thing could play out. I think that's enough time for Michael Jordan to possibly pull this thing off. So, yeah, I think it's a strong take. All right, last one. We'll go with you, Fiddy. Drake May will pass Caleb Williams as the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Strong Mm. or 
smoking. Man, that's this might be the toughest one to decide because I mean, Caleb Williams gets the the, the Patrick Mahomes comp. I love Drake May. He's the best quarterback in Tar Heel history. I'm still going to go say it's, it's a strong Stay toe. off the weed. He doesn't have the weapons that Caleb Williams has. He doesn't have the coaching that Caleb Williams has. It's going to be it's it, it's going to be a lot to overtake him as number 1 NFL quarterback prospect. Yeah, I think you're smoking something. I do. So go ahead, Stephen A. Show back up. Stay off the weed. Yeah, I think we're going to need some more sound bites than just Stephen A, especially if we continue to go. Where's the jack in the box? (laughs) Yeah, I want those cheap tacos, man. You know, I have not thought about the dangers of it. I am smoking way too much. Yeah, I think Drake May isn't going to pass Caleb Williams. I think because we saw him win the Heisman, he's coming back. He's really mobile. Plus, you got to think, too. A Lincoln Riley offensive system. We've seen him breed number one overall picks before. Now you're talking about a guy like Chip Lindsey, who I like as an OC, but he has not accomplished nearly as much as what Lincoln Riley has. I think it's going to be a little too much for Drake May to surpass. And even number two, we have Marvin Harrison going above Drake May as it stands in some of the early mock drafts. So he's got a couple guys to pass. What you got for us, Wes? Yo, I think that's a strong take. I mean, a strong take. The weed. The Heisman Trophy is all about moments, and I think that Caleb Williams is going to have more as far as just big-time games, national audience. We know Heisman voters always remember kind of the last thing that they saw. USC will more than likely be in the Pac-12 championship game more than likely be a college football playoff participant. So I think the fact with all that combined with the highlights that he's going to have week in and week out, Drake May, we know he's got new receivers back there, still got to find that running game. So I don't know if he's going to be able to put up the gaudy numbers week in and week out. Just going to have the scouts drooling on top of those off-schedule throws and all those Mm -hmm. technical terms that they like to use when they talk about guys like Caleb Williams. I'm no snitch, so I'm not going to tell you who wrote it in, but somebody said, Walker, I'm not going to lie. Those cheap tacos from Jack in the Box are fire after a couple of hits. Oh, God, you got to take 40 hits because those are the worst tacos (laughs) I've ever had in my life. They're bad. I don't know where they get that meat from, if they want to call it that. (laughs) So the listener may have given us this segment. Another listener may have given us the, the right drop to use for strong take. Or maybe we use it for strong talk, but the Michael Jordan soundbite, stop it. Get some help. So we have a couple debuts here, right? So we're trying to iron out the details. We love the intro. We can incorporate other soundbites for Stephen. I thought you liked it. You were giving me a big old thumbs up for the intro. It was pretty good. Oh, okay. You just wanted to hate? I just got to get to that. You know, we got to get to that 70s reference in there. Okay. that's Well, maybe you can do that for one of the drops, okay? (laughs) That's your homework assignment. You go find any 70s show soundbite. You can use it for any one of the strong (laughs) takes or the strong tokes, and that will do it for the debut. Coming up next, we talk about Derek Brown. What's the most intriguing matchup individually for the Carolina Panther defensive tackle? We'll get to that coming up on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back, folks, on a Friday. The Wesson Walker Show. Force Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials. We got the good content from you. We got a spaced out intro for the show today that we did for you to give you a quick preview of what was to come. You can check that out on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. You can also check it out uh, on the Wesson Walker Twitter as well. You can check out HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram at Walker Mail on Twitter and at West Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. We're working hard to entertain the people. Are you not entertained? I think people are entertained. Got a so? got a nice reception for strong take or strong toke on the text line. Lots of people. Randall wrote in great new segment, guys. Some nice affirming emojis. Brian said he loved the segment. He also asked if a water pipe bubbling sound would be appropriate or would it be too much. And so I'll let <laughs> I'll let Jeff, if he's listening, decide that, and he can text us if that's true or not. Yeah, he can figure that out. So another new segment that we've had on this show as well is picking out some of the Panthers' top players and what is their prove-it game on the schedule, a game where it's either going to be a huge game for the Panthers that we feel like that they're going to have to really show up, or is it going to be a matchup that is going to uh, decide this. So we're going to do Derek Brown today, and I'll kick things off and get it going. So for me, when you look at the Panthers' schedule, I think it's going to be right off the rip uh, with the Atlanta Falcons because – Derek Brown is going to be a 3-4 defensive end. He's going to see two blockers a lot of the time. He's going to see that guard and that tackle, and they're going to get to know each other a whole lot uh, over 60 minutes. And so when I looked at that, I said, okay, well, what are some of the best combos that he's going to play and being on the right side, going against the right tackle and the right guard? And I chose Atlanta because when you look at their right guard, Chris Lindstrom, This is a guy that's touted as one of the best in the business. Uh, In 2022, he was a first. uh, He got his first Pro Bowl, and he was second team all pro. So that's going to be a problem for young Brown as well. And then you talk about Caleb McGarry uh, out there at the tackle position. PFF gave him an 86.6 grade in 2022. But there was a big discrepancy between the run blocking, which was 91.6 second in the entire league, and pass blocking to which he was 49. So Derrick Brown may, may be able to have an advantage there on passing downs against Caleb McGarry. But when you talk about these two uh, players, right guard, right tackle combinations, that they're going to get quite acquainted during the game. I think this is the most uh, challenging matchup that he will have. And so I think for the Panthers as well, it's the first game making an impression uh, playing in the playing against a division opponent. So that's my proving game for Derek Brown. He'll come out and show us very early. And he had some nice games against Atlanta last year. He had some big plays, but uh, this is going to be a game right off the rip. That's going to let us know what type of time Mr. Brown is on. He also plays Atlanta on December 17th. Mm-hmm. It's the fourth to last game of the regular season. 
and it's the second to last division game that Carolina will be playing. It's going to be big time movement season for Carolina if they have any hopes of winning the division. They're still going to need some help from the other squads. And so you have what is going to happen in mid-December. The game against Tampa is going to be January 7th. Maybe that Atlanta game is one you look at it because it's a little bit deeper into the season. Maybe Atlanta has started to figure some things out a little more so because of Desmond Ritter not being a rookie, but obviously not having many NFL snaps under his belt so far because Marcus Mariota played so much quarterback for them last year. You start to integrate the weapons a little bit more. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, can he bounce back? And then if they start to hum a little bit, because I do like Arthur Smith as an offensive mind, despite his lack of usage for the tight end, I do think they'll start to figure things out a little bit more so. And then Derek Brown, his presence is going to be as big as ever. It's funny because I went with Detroit for Brian Burns. I found myself being like having this magnetic pole going back to Detroit again for Derek Brown. And you even mentioned that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Wes. I found myself wanting to go back to Dallas, even though I went to Dallas for Bryce young. And so even if those two teams might be at the top of my list for Derek Brown as well, I might go Atlanta, same opponent, but just at a different time, because it's going to mean a lot. If Carolina wants to pull off the upset, maybe Mm -hmm. wherever you think Carolina is going to finish, it's going to be towards the end of the season against your second to last um, division foe outside of Tampa and on January 7th. All right, Fiddy, do you have a matchup for Derek Brown, or is it just going to be everybody like it was yesterday? Tag nabbit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what I was going to lead off with. We spoiled um, it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dallas because that's right right about the time of the year last year. And I know Walker disagrees with this. I I thought towards the end of last year, he really tailed off. I thought the first half of the year, he was really, really good. I thought the last third, last fourth of the year, he didn't have the same impact on a game in, game out basis. So I I want to see that change if he wants to be here for the foreseeable future. All right. Well, we got a call on the the bat line, the bat phone, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it right now. Uh, who could that be? We're going to see while Fiddy handles his business back there. And uh, I think, though, Derek Brown, to Fiddy's point, was a bit of a mixed bag down the stretch of the season, especially when you start to dig into the analytics. You talk about Cincinnati at a 59 grade, but then the next week against Atlanta, he goes 76, then 51, 69, and a 32 grade against Seattle, 71, 89, 66. So he was a little bit of a mixed bag. He's going to want to be more consistent Uh, down the stretch this season, they're going to need that uh, from him being arguably their second best defensive player or third, however you want to rate him. I mean, maybe first if you wanted to put him first. I mean, you you could. If he has another year like last year and you don't think J.C. Horn is going to stay healthy and you think Brian Burns isn't an elite pass rusher, I do think the last month you saw Derek Brown play pretty well. Um, I mean, especially from a pass rushing standpoint, I started, I think he started to tee off a little bit more so, but if he has another year under his belt, like he did last year, then Derek Brown already ranked as a top 10 defensive lineman, at least interior defensive tackle. He can continue to move up those rankings if he has a year that is similar to last. Yeah, I think he can too. So when you look at the quarterback, Bryce Young named QB one yesterday, it was news all over the league. And so, oh, real quick, though, before we get to that, before we get to the Bryce Young talk, we have a, a, a quick call. And, and I got a warning about this call this week, and I knew it was coming. Uh, it is my mother uh, on the line. Oh, what'd you do, Wes? Yeah, I didn't do anything, but she had a special message that she wanted to uh, send to Joshua back there. Mom, what's, what's going on? What, what do you have to tell the people? 
Hey, guys, I just wanted to tell the people I listen to y'all show every day. And uh, Walker, I don't know you as whatever. Uh, Walker, I don't know you as well yet. But I just want y'all to know I think that y'all are taking advantage of, of Joshua. And I think that y'all are kind to him. And I just want y'all to know I want y'all to do better. You and Wesley have such big egos. And it's just oh, no. mother and Josh. So... <laughs> I want y'all to do better by him because I think y'all are taking advantage of it. Remember, you said we treat him like Cinderella. Yeah, y'all treat him like Cinderella. I agree. I think we give him a glass slipper every single day. <laughs> yeah, because I think we do no, too. No, you don't. Y'all guys and y'all mistreat him. Don't let me have to come up there. Oh y'all no, need I, to do better by him. That's the last thing I want. But also, Wes, I, I have to tell you, did you tell Miss Fonda? About Fitty's ego. I do tell him about some of the things that gone back there. And I told her how he was going to react. But Fitty, go ahead and soak this up and enjoy it and get your little <laughs> soliloquy off. You know, guys, every night I go home oh, and, no. and I wonder, why am I not the guy in radio that I aspire to be? Yeah. I thought it was all of these outside external factors. No. The truth be told, it's the two guys that I, I spend four or five hours a day with every day that I text constantly that are holding me back. <laughs> Let me spread constantly. my wings and fly, baby. Mm. I, I agree with you 100% because I hear it. And I know what my son is like to deal with at home, but I'm still the mama, so I don't have to worry about that. But I just want you to know that you have support. And Wes and Walker, y'all, y'all need to give him more love because I think y'all mistreat him, and he is Cinderella. So right. you better, guys. <laughs> All right, Bob, we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the quick PSA for for better treatment of of one Josh Fitty Marlowe. I'm not buying it for one second, especially if people could this. See, this is going to call for me to start exposing things and start to put the camera on Josh Fitty Marlowe back there in the fishbowl and show people what this man is really like. Here's my question. I Is she getting my big ego? Because that's what she accused me of. Yes. Is she getting that from Wes? Is she getting that from me on the air? Is Fiddy DMing her secretly, trying to orchestrate this entire thing, and then they're trying to act like it's organic, where she tells Wes, you know, I think I'm going to call in and defend him, while Fiddy's been behind it the whole entire time. Yep. I have questions. I go with that one. I have many questions. Because that hurt me, and then Fiddy, that soliloquy was a little too well delivered. It, that's what I said. I said that, man, he sounded like he had this one in the chamber. Ah, oh, man. I don't trust that man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I'm doing the exact opposite of what your mom told me to do yeah. with that phone call, mm. but I still have I didn't my even doubts. I didn't even expect him to go where he went with it. I didn't even know that that was coming. He definitely caught me on the blind side. Really? Yeah, I, I, that was very well delivered, Fiddy. I don't know if that's frightening that you can deliver something like that on a whim uh -huh. or if it's just something that you already had cooked up when I told you this might be coming earlier in the week. Well, let's go to the text line because Gardner-Webb James wrote in, why are we giving love to Fiddy? Just because the Mets blew a four-run lead every night this week and got swept by the Braves? 704 Mama is wrong, Wes. She can basically, she's basically said, give Fiddy a trophy, maybe even a participation trophy. Uh, Casey, Steve, he said, Fiddy, get back in your damn pumpkin and leave the ball and sweep the floors. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that guy hates me, man. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, look, I look, I, I know that your mom called in. She told us to be nicer. I want to respect her wishes. Yeah. But as soon as Fiddy 
says, I don't have a life because I might have to watch summer league basketball, it's flipping again. Not I'm going to lose all control. Not to mention the fact that I offered up a, a show lunch, which he's been uh, pining for for a while. And then what do we see on Instagram yesterday? Fiddy out with the crew, having drinks, having a good time, and we don't get one text from him. No, nothing. We, oh, don't, Wes, we don't hear from him at all. See, Wes, now you're really starting to make me go off here. Okay? Yeah. Because this is the man. <laughs> on air. Mm -hmm. He brings our business to the forefront in front of the people yes. and says, Walker, why have we not been invited to your house yet? Yep. Walker, why don't you have a cookout? Why don't you have a barbecue? When this man and the other board ops, I'm calling you out too, Flounder. Okay, yep. I don't know. I thought we were cool. Shroppy. Yep. You know, going to have him as the producer next week. I felt like we had some good relationships with everyone, but especially Fitty, who constantly, constantly tells us that we should all go out on this show lunch mm -hmm. or whatever, and not once, Wes. Didn't happen just one time. It's happened twice, where all they did was go across the street, a hundred steps away. Yes. They went to Legion Brewing, and we had no invite on our phones, not in the mail, not nothing. Hypocrite is and, what you are. And I'm going further bury him because I could see Fiddy and Flounder and Shroppy wanting to text us, and Fiddy tell them, no, no, don't, don't text them. They're I probably too busy. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, don't, don't do it. You know it. what? I think you're right. I, I do remember something to the tune of Flounder saying he tried to text us, but Fiddy dove over the table and grabbed his <laughs> yeah. phone. Yeah. Something like that. I could see that. Slapped it out of their hand, took mm -hmm. it and hit it when they went to the bathroom. Yeah. So, yeah. Burberry right. Gary said the tea is coming out today. I, I wasn't invited for tea. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. We're all just salty. <laughs> <laughs> I am salty. Yeah, man. So this is, uh, yeah. So, Fiddy, like I said, I hope you enjoy it. This whole segment now has just become uh, about you today. And then you get to end it mm -hmm. uh, with a Fiddy flag. Yeah. Which is basically coming up right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right to be little Fiddy. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fiddy. Why? Guys, well, the Super Regionals of the College uh, Baseball Tournament is underway, and Duke has jumped out to an early lead in Charlottesville. It was 3-1 to one the last time that my computer screen was actually working to allow me to see the game. <laughs> We've had some problems there. It's, it's, it's been a rough day behind the board. Of course, Wake Forest, I think, Wes, they get in action. I think they're, they're Saturday, Sunday, and then if they got to go to a the game champs. three on Monday. Um, so, yeah, that'll be something fun to watch over the weekend. But you may have missed this yesterday. Big breaking news in college basketball. The NCAA is tweaking how the block charge call will be made in the men's game. Oh. The NCAA playing rules oversight panel approved, approved rule changes on Thursday that require a defender to be in position to draw a charge at the time the offensive player plants a foot to go airborne for a shot. If the defender arrives after the player has planted a foot, officials have been instructed to call a block when there's contact. Defenders had to be in position to draw a charge before the offensive players went airborne under previous rules. I will ask you guys, because y'all watch a lot of ACC basketball, will this rule change in Jay Billis's daily game in, game out, complaint slash rant about how the charge and block is officiated in the men's game? Yeah, I think it will big time. I mean, they could change the rules as much as they want, but we're still going to have 
big controversy on when these calls are made. We're going to go to replay. Then we're going to compare. Well, if the new rule is this, then it should be this. And according to the new rule, it looked like that. And it should be that. So I think that either way it goes, this is something that's never going to be satisfied. It's always going to be such a subjective call. So, I mean, it's good that they're trying to make some changes, but I'm not sure how much it's going to have a big impact. So I, I do think that the game is trying to be a little bit more black and white as far as their calls instead of just having a judgment call because when you have judgment calls and there's not any real rule to follow or it's kind of hard to apply to some of the situations you see I do like that to make it a little bit more clear I thought you were going to ask not is it how how is it going to affect Jay Billis I thought you were going to ask how it was going to affect Duke basketball going forward oh they're still going to flop and John Shire <laughs> That's will be what I over there coming. with his giraffe looking neck still still trying to get these calls to go his way yeah that's what I knew was coming I knew Duke was going to work itself into this conversation because I was going to say something Mm -hmm. about it as well so we'll see but when we come back on the Weston Walker show flashback Friday on sports radio 92.7 WFNZ life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Closing the 1 o'clock hour on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. In case you missed it, Wes's mom called in and said we were being too mean to Fitty, to which the text line replied, not so fast. (laughs) 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 Most of the text line anyway, Fitty. Yeah, I mean, look, I want you guys to know. And this doesn't look good considering I'm I'm not going to be on the show next week. I got to run the afternoon show. Mm -hmm. And then I'm taking the Monday after Father's Day off. So you're going to have six days without me. I had no say in this at all. This was not pre-planned, premeditated. And Wes, you know, I I can do I can do some on-the-fly radio every now and again. Okay. I can be put on the spot and make it sound good. Now, this is the thing where when you got into a fight or when you were being bullied at school or something like that was happening, and then your mom came in to defend you. Except she wasn't defending you, Wes. She was defending Fitty. Mm-hmm. Did she make things maybe a little worse and leave him more subjective? To being bullied or subjected to being bullied because I had maybe could have yeah because I did not want my mom sharing any business out there for me and then if she would do that of course one one time I was so frustrated with my mom because you know the birthday beat down 
thing that your friends would do, right? Mm-hmm. When it's your birthday, mm-hmm. how old are you turning? Oh, I'm turning 15 years old. All right, well, we're going to give you 15 punches and then one to grow on. And then you would get jumped by the friends. You remember that? Mm-hmm. So I remember trying to hide that from the basketball team. And mom, as we're waiting outside, just hanging out, getting ready to be picked up because we were right at that age where we weren't driving yet. We still needed to have somebody pick us up. She talked about, hey, do you want to have anybody over for your birthday or whatever? And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thank you. That's an awesome thing. I just was really trying to hide that fact from my friends at that point. Maybe I just needed to get new friends. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did she did she find out about it and get upset? No. Oh, no, I'm not going to tell. You're talking about on you. Were you asking if I told my mom about my friends? I that thought maybe put, she saw it or just noticed that you had been hit up. No, no, no. I didn't have any bruises or anything like that. No, I did not. I probably, it's like hazing. No, I did not get. <laughs> I did not get hazed like that. Just situations where your mom might come in with all the best intentions in the world, and then in reality, she left the gate open more so for I us to clown fit. Yeah, that's what they do though. As parents, man, you're gonna yeah. have those moments. 100. percent I know I'll have my share as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be the cool dad, though. Well, kind of. I do like to do embarrassing stuff to him. No, I do like to kiss him in public. Oh, Especially no. kiss his nose. He I can't like stand it, can he? Nose. He can't like, stand dad, it. Dad, you can't do that. He doesn't mind when we're at home, but when we're out in public, he's like, Dad, you can't do that. It was all cool when you had the awesome truck. Right. <laughs> and then you could pull up as close to the school as you wanted to. Now right. it might be a block away. Yeah, if you're going well, he, like, he likes that, though. If I have a good car, he he's yeah. such a car guy. He doesn't mind that. But like I said, the, the, the kisses in public, though. So I'll make sure and do it to him sometimes to make sure he gets a little bit embarrassed. All right, 704-570-9610. Tell us a time when your parents embarrassed you. That'd be a fantastic story. That would be. 704-570-9610. Feel free to write in. Oh, don't forget the Transformers question. Your embarrassing moments. The Transformer question Wes has for you is... Who is your favorite Transformer of all time? Yeah, because the movie comes out this weekend, and so I wanted to know from the folks out there. I know a lot of our listeners would definitely resonate with Transformers. So with the new film dropping this weekend, are you going to go see it? And who are your favorite Transformers? I know three. I know Bumblebee. I know Megatron that I always want to call Megadeth first. And then Optimus Prime. Yeah. Those are the only ones that I know. Can't tell you anymore. But maybe you can. Again, I'll say the number again. 704-570-9610. Let's hop in the time machine. Time for Flashback Friday. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. Uh Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert. Prepare to time travel. Let's go all the way back to June 9th, 2019, where we discuss a particular Charlotte Hornet. Although the only time you really see him circulating on social media is the most social media these days is when people ask the question, name a time where a star player played for an obscure franchise. Tony Parker retires from the NBA. Yes. Four years ago, 2019, after just playing one lone season with the Charlotte Hornets, how weird was that season seeing Tony in a Charlotte Hornet uniform? And what do you remember from those days? Yeah, I just remember the fact of just in Charlotte feeling like we always get great athletes kind of at the tail end of their careers. And this was a guy, it was so random. I was like, why does he want to come here for one? Because it's not like a, a vet like Tony Parker, most of the time when they leave their respective franchises, they're ring chasing. They want to try to get that last final 
piece of jewelry. So I was like, why is he coming to Charlotte? That was my number one thought the whole time he was here. Like, why is he here? I remember Tony Parker actually playing well for them the first half of the season. And we weren't just having a, oh, okay, he's playing pretty well for the team. Like, everything's going pretty well for him. We were discussing whether he should win sixth man of the year, at least within the first couple of months. You know how we do the way too early, who wins this award type thing. Tony Parker was in the running. He averaged nine and a half points per game. He was out there facilitating one of the first first guys off the bench. He averaged about 20 minutes, only played in 56 games. I do believe he got hurt, but I do remember Tony Parker actually having a pretty decent size role on this squad, which was something to behold. So weird. And people always go like Hakeem Olajuwon for the Raptors. Patrick Ewing for the Magic. Tony Parker for the Hornets is certainly one of those guys that fits that bill. And that's one of those jerseys that people will wear. And you'll be like, wait, he played for them? Because most guys like that, too, you would see them maybe play with multiple franchises at the end of their career. 17 seasons in San Antonio, and his last season was in Charlotte. It was just random to me. Very random. Very, very random. All right, let's move up to June 10th, 2020. Here was the topic that I was talking about for the Charlotte Hornets. A couple questions. What's the likelihood we see Mitch's first in-season trade next year? We still haven't seen many big in-season trades. If you want to count Brad Wanamaker for cash considerations, (laughs) I guess technically he's made an in-season trade. They did make one for Montrez Harrell. That was the biggest one they've made so far when they sent your boy Ish Smith to Washington. Yeah. Vernon Carey goes there as well. They bring in Montrez Harrell for half a season. They get blown out, of course, in the play-in game. But I do like what he did offensively. So don't know if Mitch Kupchak is going to have the first big in-season trade in 2023, 2024, once the trade deadline hits. Also, here's something. We got another quote. This was three years ago, 2020, okay? Still happening. Mitch Kupchak constantly says they're not going to be big players in free agency. He's been saying this every single season. He's been the GM for the Hornets. This is part of the problem, right? I like him telling the truth. I think in 2019, 2020, I probably had a better take on Mitch Kupchak telling us that they're not going to be big players in free agency. But now here we are with you in your third, your fourth season. I need you to do something to give Hornets fans hope and get a bigger name through a trade or not even a bigger name. Just start to go after it a little bit more instead of saying, hey, my hands are tied. We're in a small market. That's the thing right there, man. I just want to know that I was there. Okay, that's the frustrating part. You come out and tell us, look, don't get your hopes up. Like it's like your parents taking you to the mall. They don't tell you why, and once you get in there, you get excited about the potential of what you could get, and they let you know before you even walk in there. Listen, you're not getting anything, so don't don't worry about it. You're not going to get any toys. We're not even going to the toy store. And so you're like, yeah, like it just ruins the whole trip. And so with the Hornets, it's a similar thing to where they're just telling you, Mitch, and say, hey, don't get your hopes up. No superstar players unless something just – out of the heavens happens and so it just frustrates you as a fan I mean can we be aggressive can we get on our David Tepper so to speak and go after people if you don't get them that's fine but at least we know you try Um, I asked this question about the Carolina Panthers and it's not a good one it shows how down bad we were at that time which second round pick has the bigger season 
Greg Little or Yitor Gross Matos? Fitty's <laughs> 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 face, eyes wide open. Yeah, who has the better second round season? YGM is still on the roster. We still don't know what's going to happen with YGM, whether he can, he might be a surprise cut. Don't even know if it's considered a surprise at this point, but he is in that weird limbo because he did invest a high draft pick in him. He does play the run well. At least his run stop win rate was very good, measured by ESPN advanced stats, but he has not gotten after the passer whatsoever. That's why you drafted him. And Greg Little was traded very quickly. I don't even know where he plays now. I know he went to Miami for a while, but Greg Little certainly not going to have a bigger year than YGM for Carolina. Yeah, and I remember when Greg Little came out of high school, he was all the rage. So it was just a surprise that he ended out ended up flaming out, especially at a position offensive line to where if you some what decent you will have a little bit of a playing career in the NFL some college questions before we head to the next break North Carolina was fresh off the heels of a surprising season I was asking the question if North Carolina was a top rising program to keep an eye on in the ACC are there any other ACC programs you're excited to see take that next step how do we feel about Carolina now after the first season Mac Brown had, would you say they fall short of those expectations, or do you think this is about in line of what you expected after Mac's first season back? Uh, I think in some ways they've been a little bit ahead of schedule, okay. especially when you looked at what the ACC was when he first got there. You're talking about Clemson looking like they were just ridiculous and nobody was going to beat them and they were going to win 10 straight ACC titles, which they're still on a heavy trajectory to win just a boatload of ACC championships. But I thought it was going to take Mac some time to rebuild. And I was really unsure of the hire in the first place. I thought he was going to come in and Carolina was just going to be mediocre. I did not see a ACC championship game appearance coming. Didn't see Drake May coming. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. But I think he's done a solid job thus far from what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, we have your favorite trend. Transformers. We have stories about when uh, your parents embarrassed you. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Plus, it's just one more hour to go for the week on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.